Welcome to our mini episodes where we answer your biggest questions about money. I hope everyone's strapped in for another conversation with Tomaine. Yes, strap aboard. <laughs> Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That was brilliant. <laughs> Laura wrote to us saying, I hear about the usual investing long-term to build your wealth, etc." That means he's been listening. I do do this with my global all cap, but what can I do in the short or medium term to grow my wealth? Uh, there's no easy answer here because what you're asking for is a good return short term. And, you know, find me that and I'll, and like, you know, I'll give you some money. Um, I think, you know, the best, the best way to produce income outside of your job that isn't long-term investing or putting it in a savings account is to start a side hustle or, or a business. But, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole, isn't it? I mean, I did that and I turned it into a job, but it wasn't easy. <laughs> I think we should do an episode one day about side hustles and uh, other income streams. Have yeah, you are Mr. Side Hustle. You're I, just I nothing but side. sides. I, I, no I've mains, got about five just jobs. sides. Yeah, just sides. No mains, just, just little just hustles. Pure sides, day. mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dog walking. I, I hear you make a lot of money dog walking these days. Um, I'm I'm not even joking. There's I've got a couple of friends who like dog sit, dog walk. The people go on holiday. They sit in the house, look after the dog. They get paid loads every day. So um yeah. Jay and Lyle sat here asking how to achieve a better return on their cash savings, and your answer is go walk some dogs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give ideas for side hustles. Um, yeah, no, pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, the the thing is like there's there's no there's no missing thing out there that you could put your money in that no one else is that that provides a better return. You know, actually right now the return on cash savings is better than it's ever been. Or well, better than it's been in sorry, not ever been, better than it's been in the last ten years. Um so it's actually a good time to to be in cash. You know, short term options for money. That money's it's short term money because you need it short term. It, it's not really money that you should be re taking risks with because you need it in the short term. Longer term, you, you deploy money into the into the markets, into equity. If you're saying, I want extra income, well, then you need to add value to the world. And then the way you do that is through a business, through a side hustle, through, through something else, but that is not easy. If you have um, a substantial amount of capital, not substantial, but if you have a fair amount of capital, you could also invest in other people's businesses. So therefore, you don't have to think about your own side hustle. If you know anyone who's got a business or you want to be an angel investor, there's lots of things you can uh, crowdfund and get, in, get a return on. But I would definitely say invest in something that you understand the business very well. You're well. Mr. VC now, aren't you? So this I is am why VC, you're so touting so, yeah. those wares. <laughs> You've moved on from crypto, AI and Web3. And now you're talking about, oh, yeah, just get into a bit of VC. I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, someone's got a good business. Like my friend asked me the other day, he's like, look, do you have like five grand you could put in my business? I said no, but I could have said yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's sometimes people give, give you deals on there. They need some money to expand, to set up, to build, get a new site. Yeah, I don't think you actually need that much money to start a side hustle as well. I mean, I started my YouTube channel on a phone with a piece of blue paper behind me, probably total investment of about £400. Uh, I mean, by the time I invested in camera gear and like spent thousands, I was probably earning like five to 10 grand a month from it. So that 400 quid was turned into five to 10 grand a month. But there was also about 50 hours a week of work in that. So if, you, if you're not putting money in, you put in time. So, you know, I wish I had an answer for you. It was like, oh, just put it here and that's that's going to get you 20% a, a month, but there's, it doesn't exist. 
Well, that, that was nice, Damon, just stomping all over their dreams. This is the Making Money podcast, not Making People Cry podcast. Yeah, just stomping all over their dreams, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one. So Gannon got in touch to ask, when should you consider setting up a limited company? I'd say, I've set up a couple in my past. I'd say when you're worried that someone might sue you. So um, uh, <laughs> oh I'm not even joking. Um, just what you want to, you want to make sure that you're, you're not so fully liable. You're but... so dodgy. <laughs> no, but it depends what industry you're in, you know. You can, um, yeah, yeah there's it's, it's just one of those industries where people regularly sue you. <laughs> <laughs> when you're scared of litigation. All right, go on then, genius. When's the best time to set up a limited company? Um, when it becomes more tax efficient to, to operate through a limited company. The thing is, like, what people don't realise about a limited company, I think the media often, you know, bashes company directors over the heads and be like, oh, they pay themselves in dividends and all of these things. Yes, limited companies are quite tax efficient, but they can also be really inefficient. So for, for me, as an example, I moved the channel into a limited company so that no one sued me, yes, T. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, it was more because I thought it'd be more tax efficient. And it is to a point, but any money that comes into my business, I have things like VAT and corporation tax that I have to pay on those. I can claim back some of the VAT and I can offset expenses against the corporation tax. But the corporation tax, I have to pay it 20% or whatever. And then any money that I take out of the business to put in the real world, to put into my bank account so I can live off it, I then have to pay you know, income related taxes on that, which are like dividend tax and things like this. So there's two layers of tax for a limited company. There's the business taxes and then there's your personal taxes. It can often feel like through a limited company, you've got all this money and it's just trapped in the business and you can't take it out. You know, I can't just blow it on a holiday or whatever. Whereas in the normal PAYE world, you kind of just, you pay your income tax, you know where it's at and then off you go. Where the benefit is, is, is also wrapped in that negative. I can choose when I take money out of the company. So I can choose when I pay my income taxes. Whereas through a PAYE income or sole trade or whatever, when you get paid, you're taxed on it there and then. So if you just suddenly get a big client that pushes you into the highest rates of tax, you can't go, oh, just chill for a little bit so that I can pay a little bit less tax. I think speak to an accountant is the right answer with this. You know, if you're looking at forming a limited company, they'll be able to tell you if it's more tax efficient or not. Uh, than, than stay in as a sole trader or whatever other options that you're doing at the moment. Yeah, outsource it to an accountant. That's what I always do. When in doubt, ask Damon. And if he doesn't know, then I ask my accountant. That's pretty much how I live my <laughs> life. And it's worked so far. So no complaints here. <laughs> Next one, we've got a good one though. I like this one. Gareth asks, emergency funds, how much should they be? Where do you store them? Go on, Tremaine. All right, good. Finally, my time to shine. So people might say keep it in a savings account, but if it's a proper emergency and all the bank or the bank goes under or like something happens, your a wall pops off and there's like, <laughs> look, you think this is a joke. If you lived in Ukraine or Russia, yeah, you know, whenever there's a war, they don't let you like withdraw money from the bank account. So people are queuing up for the ATMs around the block, going into the banks and the banks like, we've got no money. I say the best way is to, the safest thing to do is diversification. Don't smile, Damien. I know what you're thinking. You put I'm a little not. bit of it, you put a little bit of it in the bank. You keep a little bit in cash. You keep a little bit in You're going to say crypto, aren't you? And it's you keep a healthy amount in decentralized currency, which is also cryptocurrency. But uh, yeah, if it all goes wrong, you want to be prepared for the worst. My what car broke down. I'm going to pay the guy in a block of gold to change my tire. <laughs> Look, put it this way. Do you take Doge, go mate? I got it on this pen drive right here. 
<laughs> Look, you can send it anywhere in the world. I'm being deadly serious, David. All the people that got stuck in Russia, in Russia and Ukraine, they yeah. cannot get access to any money. I mean, that, yeah, that that is an extreme example for sure. And um, like you say, in those kind of situations. Emergency. Yeah, emergency. yeah. I mean, that, that, there's levels to emergency though, right? <laughs> I think most people are thinking like the boiler breaks, not <laughs> not that they get invaded by a dictator. I'm but, ready for the zombie apocalypse. Go on, yeah, man. I mean, so that's so that's like the, the war chest. That's the like bug out or whatever they call it, where you bury stuff in the woods and that. At the minute, I'm more three to six months worth of living costs in an easy access account. I keep, I keep, I used to keep a proportion of it in premium bonds because the rates on savings accounts were so low that I thought why not just roll the dice and try and win a million quid with premium bonds but the the rates on high interest savings accounts have improved to the point where you think you're throwing away maybe five percent or whatever by risking it with premium bonds and also you can get good rates with money market funds which is you know where I keep a lot a big chunk of my emergency fund at the minute so a money market fund is just like a short-term bond fund and they pay quite good rates as much as say 6%. I made a video on them actually, well, explaining them briefly and Ramin, who's coming on the show, did an excellent video. So maybe we'll link that in the show notes that explains them in more detail. And I think it's three to six months of essential living costs. And that probably comes from the fact that most people can find a job within three to six months and the worst emergency bar, you know, nuclear apocalypse or zombies or whatever you're planning for too, (laughs) is um, the fact that people might lose their jobs. So, you know, three to six months is enough time for you to get a new job. So obviously you don't need to go, oh, my household, my household in total spends three grand a month, but we're saving 500 quid of that and 400 quid of that is on meals out or whatever. You just look at the essentials of like your bills and living costs and keeping the wheels going and you you extrapolate that out by three times. So I'd imagine it's significantly lower than what you're actually spending. You know, in my household, I think, the fixed costs that keep us going, not including the car payments, which you would need to factor in debt payments would be included. But I think the house costs about three grand a month, which is all food and bills and all of that. So that times by three would be pretty much there plus car payments or whatever debt, because you need to service debt within that as well. Don't forget, because that would that would be an essential asset. So you're not going backwards through that time. But yeah, just the basics. What kind of topics do you want us to cover in season two of Making Money? And are there any guests you'd just love for us to have on? Let us know at makingmoney@kindling.media or message us on Instagram. This isn't advice. Whilst we discuss individual examples, we can't give you personal financial advice. What we can do is offer a perspective and discuss the issues. See you next week. Quick question from me and the Making Money team. Would you like us to come into your workplace to teach you and your colleagues more about personal finance? It's an absolute joke that we're not taught what to do with money. And this knowledge gap makes most people much poorer over their lifetimes. Take your work-based pension. Most people have no idea what the fund they're invested in does. And plenty of people just opt out altogether. We can cover whatever is most important, from the basics to complex financial retirement planning supported by qualified financial advisors who are not there to sell you anything. We take different approaches for different people in a company depending on stuff like their age or their income. If you think people you work with could benefit from financial education, then please email will at getmost.co.uk. It doesn't matter what your role is in the business, we want to hear from you.
So email will at getmost.co.uk and I've left a link in the description for you. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.